Thanks for listening to this message. For more information about The Exchange, visit www.theexchange.cc. Or you can join us for one of our Sunday gatherings each Sunday at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. Now, to get uh, today's talk started, uh, I've got a couple of fellas that are going to come help me uh, talk about what it means to make space. So when my guys come and join me, hey, and they were so excited about doing this, as you can imagine. So would you kind of give them a little bit of encouragement? You guys come on up here. I'll let you stand right here. This is Josh, all right? And Josh, I didn't even realize I did that. Man, I got double Joshes, okay? That's going to make this really, really complicated, but that's totally my fault. Uh, Josh and Josh, does everybody say, hey, Josh? Good. They greeted both of you just like that. That was so good, okay? And so Josh and Josh are going to hang out with me for a couple of minutes this morning to kind of get us kicked off and started, all right? And uh, we're going to just disregard the Tigger hat here on the top of him. Uh, But Josh, this Josh, okay, this Josh is going to represent you and me today, all right? He's going to represent you and me. And this Josh over here, we're going to go blue Josh and red Josh. How about that, all right? Uh, Because I didn't think through the names here. Red Josh is going to be, uh, he's going to represent our local banker. Yeah, you, you look very bankerish today, Josh. You did great with that. All right, so Josh, this blue Josh represents you and me. All right, red Josh represents our local banker. Now, blue Josh, I've got something for you today. All right, I've got $500. All right, $500. You look, he looked reluctant to take it. Like, I'm like, 500 for you. And he's going, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. All right, yeah. Red Josh moved a lot closer, did he not? All right, yeah, I had a feeling one of you was going to be a little more anxious than others, okay? And so, I, look, blue Josh. This, this is my most expensive illustration, okay? All right, so I've got to preach more times today, so this has to come back to me, all right? So I need you to hold on to that, all right? Just hold on to it in your hands, not your pocket, okay? In your hands, not your pocket. All right, so, so run with me here for a second, okay? Uh, Josh right here, Blue Josh, he has worked hard, man. He and his wife have worked hard. You're married, correct? Okay, he's worked hard, and man, he, he's made $500. They've saved $500. They've been making space. So they've saved $500. So Blue Josh here decides to go down to Mr. Red Josh's bank, and he deposits that $500. So give your banker the $500. Yeah, now he's happy now, isn't he? Is he not? He wanted that bad a while ago, and now he's really got it, okay? And so, I mean, he's, he's put fiduciary trust into his local banker who's taking care of him, all right? Who's going to take care of that $500. Isn't that, what we, isn't that what he does for you? Is that not what he does, Okay. And so now one day, all right, because Josh is married. Josh, how long you been married? 20 years. So you're totally going to understand what I'm about to say, all right? Sometimes, all right, your wife comes home and she just needs something. Does that happen sometimes? (laughs) Yeah, does that happen? No, I'm looking at you on this one, not not Red Josh. He can't bail you out, okay? All right, so we're going to say today that your wife comes home, Josh, and she needs, all right, a china cabinet. Now, let's be real, boys, Okay. We don't understand China, ladies. We don't understand. Why would you have dishes that you would never eat on, all right? Why would you do that? And then why would you spend $1,000 for a cabinet to put those things in, okay? All right, but your wife comes home, and she needs a China cabinet. And so you decide, all right, well, it's time to go down to the bank, all right, to go see Mr. Red Josh's bank so that I can get my $500 out, all right? Because we got to make a payment on this China cabinet because my wife needs it, all right? And so you walk into Red Josh's bank down here, and the teller sees you walking in. Man, her eyes get real big, and she begins to kind of turn real pale, and she goes, oh, and you say, yeah, I'm Blue Josh. And she says, yeah, I know you are Blue Josh, all right? and you're going to have to go see Red Josh in, in his office. And you go and sit down, and you say, hey, man, I need to get my $500 out, all right? and that he would never do this, okay, but he's working with me on the illustration. All right? My banker here, Red Josh, looks at you, and he says, well, man, listen, 
I really needed to go on a cruise. Oh, man, I needed to go on a cruise. I, I really needed, all right, a new shotgun. And I really needed a new car. And I needed to put my kids in college. And I didn't have any money to make that happen. And so, Blue Josh, I'm so sorry. But, man, I spent your $500 on that. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's from Rankin County. That's what that means. I was just going to go with the word hissy fit, but you took it to a whole new level. He got real in church, all right? What I heard was he wants to throat punch Red Josh. That's what he wants. All right, that's real, Josh. That's real. All of us would go, all right, we're going to have to talk to somebody a little higher up than you, all right? Now, I want to flip the roles for a moment. This right here is no longer you and me. This is God. This right here is no longer the banker. But this is you and me. You see, the first and most important financial principle that you will ever learn is that God owns everything. He owns it all. We don't own Jack. He owns every bit of it. And he has entrusted to us an amount to manage wisely, to make space. But he owns everything. He owns it all. And so today what we want to talk about is the most obedient biblical step that we can take with the money that he has entrusted to us. Man, you guys give my fellas a round of applause and I'll take that back. Thank you very much. Awesome. You guys have a seat, man. Thank you for hanging out with me for a moment. See, today I want to talk about the most obedient money management decision that God, the owner, all right, calls all of us to make. And that's the biblical call and command to trust God with the tithe, all right? Now, what is the tithe? We're going to answer that question today because in our culture, here's a lot of what we say. You ready for this? In our culture, people will often try to interchange the word tithing for the word giving. And here's how it sounds in our church culture. It sounds like, well, yeah, we, that's right, we give, okay? We, we tithe. Um, every once in a while, we tithe. Some months we don't make it, but some months we do. But yeah, we tithe whenever we have some leftover. We tithe. And what they're totally missing is that tithing and giving are not the same thing. The Hebrew word right, for the word tithe is the word ma'athir, all right? Say that with me, ma'athir. It's kind of like you get something caught in the back of your throat, all right? Could you clear that out? Ma'athir. It means a tenth. It means 10% is what that word means. And so today, I want to answer some very practical, some very simple questions that maybe you've asked, maybe you've wondered and I want to do it from a biblical and practical standpoint. So the first question that I want to ask, uh, answer today is what is tithing? What is tithing? I want to give you two simple definitions that we can all understand, that we can all write down today. The first one is this, is that tithing is returning the first 10% of our income to God's church. Tithing is returning the first 10% of our income to God through his church. What he's entrusted to us, we return to his church. Here's what Leviticus 27 verse 30 says. Look at it. It says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. That word holy is key. That means set apart. It means designated for another purpose. That's what the word holy means. The tithe is set apart. It's holy, which means it belongs to the Lord. Notice I said that we, we return the tithe back to God. I didn't say we give it. Why? 
because technically that's what we're doing, right? We're returning what did not belong to us in the first place, but what we were entrusted with. See, tithing and giving are not the same thing. And so God says that you will return to my house what belongs to me. In other words, I don't want what, I don't want what belongs to God in my house, right? It's his. So I'm going to bring it back to him. Why? Because I'm learning to trust him. Now, who should tithe? Right? That's a good question. Who should tithe? I believe that Scripture teaches and lays out that everyone should tithe. Wealthy people who seem to have much should tithe. People who maybe don't consider themselves to be so wealthy should tithe. Pastors, church staff members should tithe. One of the requirements to be an exchange staff team member all right, is that you would trust God with your tithe through his local church. Why? Because it's so easy for any of us, myself included, to get pulled in all right, by, the, by the pullings of our flesh in the world to love money and to refuse to trust God first. So I believe everybody should tithe, but can I give you some sobering statistics today, some hard truth to begin with about why would we have a whole conversation about tithing? Well, here's why. A recent study showed that in a normal church congregation, only between 10 to 25% of people tithe. That's a fourth of us if we're above average. Only 3% of Americans as a whole tithe. And Christians who do tithe, the 10%, they actually give less than 3% of their income. Christians are now giving 2.5% of their income while during the Great Depression, they gave 3.3%. Now, I don't say that to try to heap guilt on us, but we often wonder, we ask, we turn on the news, we go, man, what's going to happen with our world? Like, it's going down the hole. What are we going to do? But listen to me. If just the followers of Jesus, just in America, all right, in God we trust, just in our country, if we just faithfully walked with the tithe because we made space in our life and we trusted God, all right, we could solve global hunger, we could eliminate illiteracy, we could solve the world's water sanitation problem, we could fully fund all the overseas missions, and we'd have billions of dollars left over going, God, what do you want us to do next? You see, everybody... It's called to trust God with the tithe, to bring it back, return it to God's church. Now, the second thing, if you're taking notes, what is the tithe, all right, is this. Tithing is giving God my first and best so that he can bless the rest. Tithing is giving God my first and my best so he can bless the rest. In Proverbs chapter 3, we see some scripture directed towards not just giving God our spiritual gifts, not just giving our time and our energy, but he goes deeper. Look at Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. Here's what it says. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. We give our first and our best. What did Proverbs say? So that God can bless the rest. And we're going to talk in a minute about what does it look like for God to, to bless us as we faithfully walk with him, but I want to shift gears. So we've answered the question, what is tithing? Now let's answer the question of why should we tithe? Why should we tithe? Besides the fact that scripture points to it, I believe there's many other reasons. Now, 
I know what's happening for some of you. Some of you are like, shoot, all right, of all Sundays for me to show up, all right? I had to show up on the tithing Sunday, right? Man, I'm, I'm just trying to work weeks one and week two. I'm trying to get out of debt. We're working the debt snowball, saving $1,000 in my house. Now you're telling me I'm supposed to trust God with the time. Man, I'm never going to get ahead. Now listen to me. Here's what I want you to hear. There are many reasons about why we should tithe, and I believe they're going to help relieve some of those thoughts, maybe some of those mental fears that come up for you. And so let's answer those. Why should we tithe? Many reasons, but here's the first one. Tithing, just very plain and simple, tithing provides for God's work through the church. Okay? Plain and simple as I know how to say it. Tithing provides for God's work through the church. When you tithe, when you return to God, you're first and your best, you're 10% off the top, it provides for God to work through the church that he died for. Okay? God loves the church. It is his bride. I love the church. And I believe that we should all love Christ's bride. It's the people, not the building. We should love it. And I believe that the local church, I believe Scripture points us to this, the local church is the hope of the world through Jesus. Here is what Scripture says. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 challenges us in this way. Here's what it says. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Now, you can do the research on this verse on your own, but many theologians throughout history have said that the storehouse mentioned there in verse 10 of the Old Testament is equivalent to the New Testament church. And so God says what? He says, bring the tithe into my house that there may be what? That there may be food in my house. In other words, the tithe brought back to God through his church helps move God's work in his church forward. All right? It moves it forward. So, so you should tithe wherever you are connected to spiritual community. That's where you should tithe. Now listen to me. There's a lot of amazing nonprofits, organizations in our world who do some phenomenal stuff. All right? And there's nothing wrong with supporting and giving to this. I believe that's a heart of generosity. But God says, man, the first and the best off the top comes to my house, that you would bring it to my house. Now, I want to kind of go on a, a side trail for just a second. I want to tell you, all right, if you're a part of our family here, maybe you're exploring being a part of our family, man, I want to tell you how incredibly proud and grateful I am right, for the way that God has given us leaders throughout our church who wisely manage and steward the resources that God has entrusted to us, all right? Now, I want to tell you a few things, and maybe for some of you, it's like, man, I never thought about that. It doesn't matter a whole lot. Listen, these things matter in my world a lot. Over the last seven years, since the exchange has launched, we have grown exponentially all right, in number and attendance from seven people in a living room all right, seven years ago to now a Sunday here in the shopping center. We'll see between some 400 to 500 people who will merge right here in the shopping center. There's another 200 to 300 who maybe are joining us online today who also call this place their spiritual home. All right? God has been exceedingly faithful to bring people to our families. We love one another. We are now one of the largest churches in our whole city in seven years. One of the largest churches in our whole county in seven years. And I have the really cool privilege to get to go hang out with other pastors of other churches in our local area and really all across the country. Other churches that are similar to ours in size. And what I'm telling you is, 
that those, many of those who are similar to ours in attendance numbers right, have budgets that they work with that are double or triple what the exchange works with. And what I'm saying to you today is that one of our staff core values is resourcefulness. Here's what that means for us as a leadership team is that we do a lot with a little. That's how we say it. Which means we will be excellent in everything that we do. We give God our best. But we also want to do it for as wisely and efficiently cost-wise as possible. As I have conversations with different pastors, and I may share with them, some of them, if we get to that place, I may share with them the budget of what we work with here, and they'll talk about what God's doing in their church. And I share it with them, and quite honestly, they're, they're blown away. They go, how in the world do you have a staff? Like, how, how do you do ministry to that many people with that amount of resources at the size and the way that you're growing? And I say, man, it's just because we got some sold-out staff team. we got some sold-out door holders who serve every week. And watch this. Because we walk in resourcefulness, because we try to manage wisely what God has given, at the end of it all, we're still having money to give away to bless and serve our city and around the world. You know how that happens? Because you tithe and we manage wisely, and then God expands it and multiplies it so that we can have kingdom impact in our community, in our world. So yes, we tithe, and the tithe, what does it do? It goes to God's work in his church. Now, some of you may wonder, maybe you're new to our family, maybe you're thinking about tithing, you go, well, I mean, what happens when I tithe? Because I've been to another church before, and man, I don't know what happened with that money. I don't know who did it, what happened with it, where it went. Well, I don't know for other churches. I can't answer for them but I can answer for this house. When you tithe here, whether it's through check or cash and you put it in a white box or use one of our digital resources, it is counted by a money handling team of individuals from our body, a trusted, selected team of individuals with an accountability system in place. I don't know who gives what. I don't, I don't want to know who gives what. I'm not on that team. I know how much comes in as a whole at the end of the month so that we know how to manage it wisely. But when you give, it is, it is counted and managed and deposited into our account by them. And then it is used for God's work in his church. Some of it's used to pay staff salaries. Some of it's used to pay our, our rent on this place. Some of it's used for supplies for our preschoolers right now who are hearing about Jesus, our elementary students, or the dozens of middle school and high schoolers who show up here. Some of it's used to, to fix broken equipment or to buy new equipment that we have to have. Some of it's used to bless our city as we serve in our schools and our parks and love our community. Some of it's used to bless missionaries locally and around the world. That's what happens when you give. Why do we tithe? Because it helps fund God's work through his church. There's a second reason, though. Here's the second reason why do we tithe. Is this. It teaches me to put God first. When you tithe, when I tithe, it teaches me to put God first. Deuteronomy chapter 14 in the uh, Living Bible Translation, I love how it words this. Look at Deuteronomy 14, 23. It says, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. See, I'd argue that, um, man, there are few, if any more tangible measurements of where you actually see that you trust God than in your money. If, if you show me your bank account, I can show you how, how much you really trust God. Right? It can be tangibly seen. But think about it. This is not just something that has to do with our money. We may be talking about money today, but it applies to all of our lives. If you go, man, I'm a follower of Jesus. Yes, I'm a Christian. I'm devoted. What do we do? What's the call? To give God our 
first, right? If you're married, what do you do? Man, first you give yourself to God, and then you give yourself to your spouse. Think about it. What, the, the, as a follower of Jesus, at the first of your day, what, man, what does God call us to? He says, man, spend time with me the first of the day. Man, to open my word, to hear from me, to pray, to communicate. With, we give God our first. Think about what do we do? The first of our week. Here we are, right? First of all, why did we do this? Hopefully to go, God, you get my first. You set the tone for my week. It belongs to you. For some people, the first of their year, the first few days or the first few weeks of the year, and people will spend in prayer and fasting. Why? Because they go, God, this belongs to you. I belong to you. You get my first. And in the same way, when it comes to tithing, what do we do? We go, God, you get my first. You go first before all things I trust you. And here's the thing. It takes faith to give first. It takes faith to give first. If God gives you a $100 bill and you give back 10 to him, what does it take? It takes faith to believe he's going to stretch that other 90. If you give God at the end of the month, all right, God, we're taking care of all the things that we need, that we needed to take care of, and God, I'll give you a little bit of whatever's left over. I didn't take any faith. And Scripture says without faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, God deserves our first. It's not a money issue. It's an obedience issue. It's a heart issue. And I know what some of you are thinking at this point. All right, we got the AC pumping, but some of you is like, it's getting a little hot in here, okay? It's, it's a little uncomfortable. Listen, listen, listen. And you're thinking, man, you don't understand my world, preacher. Man. Like, you don't know my bank account. You don't know my family, my bills. I got, I got all this going on. You understand? For me to do that, what you're talking about, for me to do that would mean that I would have to massively change my life. Uh-huh. No, no, uh, no, listen, you don't get it. Like, for me to do that would mean there's some things that I really like to buy, that I really like to have, and I might not be able to buy all those things anymore. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. For me to, you, listen, I'm a single parent. You don't understand. For me to do this would mean that I have to totally reprioritize my life. Like, that's how crazy it would be. Yes. Yes, it will. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it may mean that you have to walk in sacrifice, as we talked about last week, to go, God, you get my first. He says, if I'm really first, then show me. Maybe in the place where it's hardest for you to trust me. How many of you would admit that you've ever stolen something? Anybody ever been a thief? All right. A lot of people, they're like, I don't know, should I, can I say that in church? All right. It's okay, no, no PD in here. We're good, all right? Listen. Listen, we've probably all stolen something at one point. You know what Scripture says? Scripture says every time you fail to trust God with your tithe, you know what that makes you? A thief. You know what that means? Some of you drove a stolen car to church today. <laughs> Hello. Some of you sitting there today in your designer, all right, fancy stolen blue jeans. Why? Because you took what belonged to God and you used it for you without trusting God first. Here's what Scripture says. It says, man, when we fail to trust God first, we rob him. Now, I don't, I don't want to overplay this. So I'm not going to add commentary. I don't want the Scripture speak. Malachi chapter 3, we read verse 10 earlier. Let's back up to 8 and 9. Look at what it says. It says, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. And we ask, how are we robbing you, God? In tithes and offerings, 
You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. I don't want to be that guy. I hope that you don't either. Now, a lot of people, when it comes to tithing, they say, all right, listen, man, I know, preacher, man, you're talking about tithing, but what you don't get is that tithing is in the Old Testament, right? It's under the law. And we're now in the New Testament. Jesus came to fulfill the law. Jesus didn't talk about tithing. But technically what we need to understand is that the tithe came before the law, several hundreds of years before the law. And it's not that Jesus didn't mention tithing. Actually, Jesus unquestionably affirmed the tithe in Matthew 23. Jesus was giving the Pharisees a good chewing, because if you know Scripture, the Pharisees needed a good chewing, okay? Kind of like some good church folks need a good chewing every once in a while. And here's what Jesus said to the Pharisees, Matthew 23, 23. He says, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees. In other words, these were the people that thought they were living up on the high religious scale. But what do he call them? He says, hypocrites, for you're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Here's Jesus' words. He says, you should tithe, yes. We've been tithing for generations. We've been tithing for centuries, he said. Yes, you should tithe. That's unquestionable. But do not neglect the more important things. In other words, yes, you tithe, that's for beginners. That's the starting point. That's the basics. But do not neglect the offerings, the more important things. He says, don't forget the justice. Don't forget mercy. Don't forget widows and orphans. Don't forget those who are in need. Yes, we tithe. Oh, yes, we tithe. But then we walk in generosity above that. Why would we do that, God? Because that's how I loved you. That's how you represent me. That's how you trust me fully. Now, some people still say, they say, well, the tithe is the Old Testament, right? But listen to me, tithe is one thing, right? But what we can miss is, in the New Testament, Jesus takes the standard up, not on just one thing, but on everything, right? Think about it. Old Testament says what? Do not commit murder, right? Don't kill anybody. New Testament, what did Jesus say? Hey, don't even so much as hate someone. If you've done that, then what? You've committed murder in your heart. He upped the bar. Old Testament, what does it say? Do not commit adultery. All right, well, that's good. Just don't sleep with somebody. No, Jesus says New Testament. What does he say? Hey, don't even look at someone lustfully. The second glance, you've committed adultery in your heart. He upped the bar, okay? With tithe. Old Testament, he says tithe. New Testament, he says, man, now you are under grace. You have been loved. I fulfilled the law. And so now it's not just 10%, but it's everything. And it's your whole life devoted to me. Take up your cross daily and and follow me. And see, it's this abundant call. So some people may ask, well, well, listen, when, okay, so there's a call to tithe, but when should I tithe? All right, I get paid at this point. It's a little bit different because I get paid this time. And when should I tithe? All right, Exodus 23 gives us a little light into this. It says, bring the best of the, keyword, first fruits of your soil, to the house of, your, of the Lord your God. This idea of first fruits means a tenth, 10%, all right, 
off the top. In other words, you get paid $300 a week, right? You bring $30 off the top as your tithe. You get paid $1,000 a week, you bring $100. God, this is my tithe to you. In other words, tithing should be the first thing that you do when you get your paycheck. This means for some people, maybe you tithe every week. For some people, it's every other week. For some of you, maybe you just get paid once a month. So you tithe once a month. Well, well, hold on, hold on. Does that mean that I should tithe before taxes or should I tithe after taxes? Before, because you know those taxes, whoop, they're gone. I don't even see them. You're right. What are they called? Income taxes. So it's my belief that we should tithe off the full amount. Do we give to Caesar what is Caesar's? Do we give to God what is God's? That we would trust him fully. I know what you're thinking. You're going, whew. 10% off the top. I'm already doing the math in my head because I know what I make. And for me to give that, I mean, listen, I got, I got a mortgage to pay. I got, I got rent to pay. There's, there's, a, there's a car note. That, cha- that doesn't change every month. I got, I got three kids to feed every week, every day. They're hungry, every meal. And if I give God 10% off the top, how in the world... Am I going to have enough to finish out the rest of the month? Listen to me. Do you think that the God of the universe forgot that you have a mortgage to pay? Do you think that the God who gave you life and created your three kids in their mother's womb and sustains their breath daily, do you think he forgot that they got to eat? He is sovereign. He is over all. And he says, will you trust me? Remember what we read? Malachi 3? Look at it again. Malachi 3.10. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, his house, that there may be food in my house. And watch what he says. Test me in this. Test me, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. God says, test me. Only place in all of Scripture God says, test me, and what does it have to do with? Money. Why? Because God said, I know it's going to take faith. It's going to take faith for you to trust me with the 10% off the top, and then to trust me, to have faith that I'm going to take care of you with the other 90%. So every time you and I get paid, when you get paid, when I get paid in my house, guess what time it is? It's test-taking time. We take a test every time. The direct deposit, the paycheck, the cash, every time. On who will we trust more? Will I trust the God who owns it all? Or will I trust me and my money management skills? See, will I trust God with my 10% and then watch him and trust him to bless and multiply the rest? Let me give you a promise that Paul came to understand. Philippians 4.19, Paul says this, And my God will meet some of your needs. And my God will meet... Most all of your needs. It's not what he says. And my God, who is good and who is gracious and who is faithful, he will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory that are in Christ Jesus. Man, I'm telling you from personal experience that we serve a crazy, ridiculously faithful God who loves to take care of his kids. And I realize that maybe for some of you, In this series, if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been talking a lot about getting out of debt, right? Man, don't live in bondage. Don't be a slave to debt anymore. How do you break free of that? 
This may be going like, so, so should I get out of debt first and then start tithing? Right, like, like let's do the debt snowball and get out of debt, and then we'll start tithing. Or maybe you go, well, we'll just like we'll give God two percent. We'll start at two percent, and then we'll work our way up over time to ten percent. Right? Just conversation. Would you do that in any other area of your life? All right. Illustration. Let's say that my wife finds out, all right, that I've been lying to her fifty times a week. It's bad. Okay, it's real bad. All right, fifty times a week I've been lying to her. And she finds out, and we have a conversation, babe, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, shouldn't have done that, that was wrong, it's not being a good husband. Listen, 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 babe, next week, I'm going to be different. I'm only going to lie 48 times. Only 48 times, and how do you think that's going to fly across, all right? You ain't never met my wife before, I'm going to be calling to make sure your couch is empty, that's what it's going to look like, okay? Listen to me, we wouldn't do that in any other area of our life. I mean, God says you trust me with your first and your best. The 10% off the top to say, you trust me, and then you watch me in faith take care of you. I'm a good dad who doesn't leave his kids in need. The tithe provides for God's work. It teaches us to put God first. And here's the final truth today, is that tithing builds my faith in God. Tithing builds my faith in God. Man, if we were to go to lunch today, and you look at me across the lunch table, and you go, man, preacher, I don't know that I got a lot of faith. I don't know that I'm really walking in faith. A good question for me to ask you would be, are you tithing? And your answer, chances are, are no. You know why? Because tithing, trusting God, builds our faith in him. Remember what Malachi 3 said? Let's look at it one more time. He says, test me. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. God says, you don't believe me? Like you, you, don't, you don't think it's true? Just give it a shot. Just test me. Just a couple of times. Just test me. And see if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and I will flood your life with more than you can imagine. Now listen to me. Don't hear me say that God's some kind of cosmic slot machine where you pull the bar, get the right code, and boom, it's financial payday just because you tithe. God, many times, he wants to give you blessings that are greater than money. For some of you, maybe for the very first time as a married couple or for the first time in a long time, you agree together like we're, we're going to take that next step. We're going to trust God with our tithe. And it may not make a whole lot of sense, but we're trusting God. We believe it's what he calls us to do, and we trust him. And, and just like that, God begins to bring spiritual intimacy to your marriage. Never been there before. He begins to bring growth to your marriage. And listen to me. A unified, happy marriage in Christ is worth way more than a little more money. All right? Happy, healthy, faithful kids to God's service I might be how God blesses you. A ministry for you to use your purpose and your gifts in, maybe that's how he takes care of you. Friendships where you can share life together and walk and grow in Christ together, that's a blessing maybe God gives. To be a part of a church where you're, you're challenged and you're called to walk out your faith and to use your gifts and be a part of community, maybe that's a blessing that God puts in your life. Now, don't hear me. I'm not discounting the fact that God could, God could bless you financially because you faithfully trust him. He can do it. Sometimes, a lot of times, he'll give you blessings that money can't buy. Why? Because when you tithe, it begins to build your faith in God. 
I heard a pastor who had been a pastor for many years, 35 years, and he said this. He said he had never had a couple who was in agreement on tithing, who had been tithing over a long period of time, then get divorced. Am I saying that tithing is some kind of like spiritual protection for your marriage? Yeah, sort of. Because you know what happens when you tithe? It's hard to tithe and be selfish. And a man who is selfless is a better husband. A mom who is selfless is a better mom. We're a better employer. We're a better employee because you know what happens? When we trust God and we faithfully return to him, even in the areas where it may be really, really, really difficult, it begins to change us. It begins to transform some things inside of us. You see, in this moment, from my vantage point today, I can kind of see who the tithers are. You're like, how do I know? Because you nod and you smile because you've tested him. And you know that he's faithful. And you know that he's good. And you know that he supplies for the needs of his kids. See, a couple of weeks ago at the beginning of our series, I very openly kind of shared with you my wife and I's journey financially into launching the exchange and what that looked like for us. I told you that at the end of 2011, I left a full-time ministry job with full-time benefits and a full-time salary, stability, to step into an eight-month period where I received no paycheck, no income, because we felt like that's what God wanted us to do to help launch this church with very minimal resources at that point. And across the course of that time, I would lie to you if I say it didn't test our faith in a way it's never been tested before. It was like, God, either you come through or we in big trouble. But across the course of those eight months, we knew that God unquestionably caused us to, called us to continually trust him with our tithe. Continually trust him, generosity, to walk in it. And let me just be real with you, like logically, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. It didn't. There was very little income coming in, but it was like, God, we want to trust you. We want to walk in full obedience to you. The first month after I stopped receiving paychecks from my previous employer, went out to the mail one day and there was an envelope in the mailbox. Walked in and I opened up the envelope and inside of it was an insurance settlement check that we had no idea was coming from an accident that had happened. You don't know how much it was for? It's for the full amount of my previous month's paycheck minus $200. We were stoked. We were like, God, you're so good, man. You're so good. You're so faithful. We didn't know if it was going to work, but we did it. God, you showed up. Man, you provided. Man, it's like a full month's paycheck minus 200 bucks, but God, you're so good. We thanked him. We deposited it. Two days later, we went back out to the mailbox, pulled out another envelope, said energy across the top. You know what that typically is, right? You don't really want to open it, but you kind of like the power to be on. We opened it up, and inside of that envelope was a reimbursement check from energy for some overcharges that we'd had when we moved into Pearl. You know how much the check was for? You guessed it. $200, the exact amount of my previous month's paycheck. Now listen to me. I don't tell you that to say that we were getting anything right at my house. But I tell you that to say that we serve a crazy, faithful, good, and generous God. 
who loves to take care of his kids when they trust him. Tithing builds our faith in God. It builds our faith in God. And I tell you that story to help you realize that God's truth is real. He said it, test me in this. Just test me. Just give me a shot. I'm holding the world together today. Why don't you test me with that little 10% off the top that you got? Just test me. And then he says, when you do, it will build your faith. And if you've done it before, you know. Man, if you walk in that consistently, you know. Like, it's miraculous, man. Here goes 10%, 12%, 20% to God. And he goes, watch me bless and expand the rest. He just does it because he's that good. So why do we tithe? Why would we trust him? It's so crazy because God gave his first and best to us. Then we give our first and best to him. It's the most tangible way of putting God first. And you know what happens when you do? Your faith goes, whoop, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. And he goes, watch me bless the rest. I'll give you some stories to tell. Now listen to me. Although tithing may not make sense in your budget, and it may go against all of the world's economics, here's the good news today. We serve a God who doesn't work on the world's economic scale. You know why? Because he owns it all. He owns it all. And he loves to show his faithfulness to his kids who learn to trust him. Let me pray for us this morning. Thanks again for listening to this message. For more information about the exchange or to find out how you can connect with or support what God is doing, visit www.theexchange.cc. Now go, be the church, and give life.